Welcome back into Ride with the Tide, everybody. I'm your host, Austin Randolph, here with my co-host, Ethan Haynes. How are you doing today, E? I'm good. I'm good. Excited to get another episode in here. I know we kind of started to do once a week here, but we got a really packed full episode today. A lot of good questions and a lot of a lot to cover. Yeah, we uh we did get a lot of questions, so thank you guys. Uh, we kind of told you guys this was going to be our coaching staff evaluation episode. Um, we've been talking about doing that one for a little while. We figured we'd wait till the season's over. Um, I guess it's not over yet. We have a bowl game coming up, but, I mean, in part, it's kind of over. Um, yeah. College football playoff committee didn't put us in for, I guess, uh, we did it to ourselves. Sucks, yep. we, sucks we didn't get in. Uh, I think we would beat the beat the brakes off of TCU, off of <laughs> Ohio State, too, probably. Yeah. But, uh, like we like I said, we, we did it to ourselves. Uh, but we do have a lot to cover. We're going to start out with uh, the transfer portal a little bit. Uh, we've had a ton of guys enter um, in the last few days. And in our last episode, if you listen to it, I don't – I don't remember off the top of my head the names we said, but I think we're probably around 100%. Maybe one guy that yeah. hasn't. I think Jacquez Robinson, we said, would enter, yeah. or we thought may enter. Um, but he hasn't yet, and everybody else that we said, I think pretty much has entered. Yeah, I think we've pretty much hit the nail on the head with those. And there are a couple of guys who, as we'll talk about, we didn't really see them entering the portal, but we're not too overly surprised that they have entered the portal. One of those guys, I guess, would be Javion Cohen. Um, yeah. Enter the portal. He's a starter for us right now mm-hmm. um, and would assume that he would uh, compete for a starting spot again next year and, and likely be the favorite to win that spot. Um, to me personally, losing Javion Cohen sucks because I think I like Javion Cohen as a player and yeah. I like him as a person. Um, opened up about his mental uh, mental health issues, uh, missed the whole spring and summer um, this past year. So I think that that may take into part a little bit on the reason why he transferred. Um Another reason why he, he may transfer it is, um, he, yeah, he started every game this year, but I don't know if he played in over 50% of the games that he started with Tyler Booker kind of coming in and um, really just kind of taking that spot from him. And he might might be tired of looking over his shoulder. And also it may not be as much as football-related as we think for Javion Cohen. Yeah, I think, I think I saw someone, it might have been you, it might have been someone else, tweet out that it might not be as much football-related, the reason that he's leaving, as to other reasons that haven't been said yet. But like you said, I do kind of agree where he was kind of tired of looking over his shoulder. You know, he had the mental health issues, which is perfectly fine. Everyone, I mean, has going through their own battles and whatnot. But I don't think he was really pushing himself and working as hard as he had in his previous seasons. And I think these younger guys who were more hungry, like Tyler Booker and others, were sort of pushing him and were saying, hey, I'm coming for your spot, so if you're not going to come with it, you're going to have to leave. And I think he kind of he kind of did. It's kind of the same with another guy, Jojo Earl. I know we're, we'll talk more about him too, but he's another guy where there are a lot of young guys who are hungry for that spot, and they they were coming for it. Yeah, I know you just watched something uh, with Bo Scarborough talking about yeah. a conversation he had with Javion Cohen, and um, maybe that was the writing on the wall. If you haven't seen it, I don't really know where it was. Did you just watch a TikTok? Yeah, it was it was a podcast with him and Richard Mullaney and a couple of other guys, and they were talking about the Alabama standard, what it used to be and what it is now. And Bo Scarborough in that one, you need to go watch it. I'll see if I can find it. We might put it in the description somewhere. But he was talking about how he sat down with Cohen one-on-one and was telling him, he was like, look, you got to get it out of your mind that you mess up and it's, oh, man, feel sorry for myself. It sucks, yada, yada. You got to move on to the next play. And and I guess Cohen wasn't wanting to do that. And thankfully, if, if I mean, I, like you said, I hate we lose the kid, but if you're not ready to put your best step forward at every single play, then this isn't the right program for you to be in. Yeah, we talked about, um, just quickly, Tommy Brockermeyer. Um, 
entered the portal the other day. Not really a big surprise. He was the kind of guy that maybe the recruiting services overrated him a little bit. Uh, he just never really panned out at Alabama. I think his younger brother, or his, I guess his twin brother, James, um, I guess I would think he was younger just because he's he's was way uh, lower ranked than, yeah. than Tommy was. But he has a better path to playing time than Tommy does, and I don't think it was ever going to work out. Uh, for Tommy Brockermeyer, so it's a, probably a good thing he transferred. Obviously, we're down some linemen for the bowl game, but getting him out of the program um, right now and getting other guys reps is really good. JoJo Earl um, leaving, I, I think, yeah, it sucks that JoJo Earl left because I guess he's a starter and a, and a big-name kind of guy, but it doesn't upset me too much at all just because he was kind of getting his spot taken by these younger guys and Kendrick Law and Bond and Prentice. All these guys were starting to um, – really play over him and in two years Kobe Prentice and and Bond not law not law um just because he hasn't played as much but Bond and Prentice have done the same amount as Jojo Earl has in in two years of being here and I think a little bit of um Jojo Earl also leaving is he's going into his junior year and um he may think that his best NFL trade is being a punt returner and he didn't win the punt returning job over Kool-Aid in the same class so he may not think that he's going to be the punt returner here. So I'm not too concerned about le- losing JoJo Earl. I'm not too concerned about anybody we've lost so far. Yeah, I think the thing that Alabama fans really need to look at is if Saban was, had a plan for these guys and really wanted them to stay, they wouldn't have been entering the transfer portal. There's, Saban would have kept these guys here if we really needed them and wanted them to stay. Right, I'm glad you said that. Everything I've heard so far is it's been a mutual, um, I guess, departure. Uh, on both sides of the coaching staff and the player-wise, and there's not really been any push whatsoever to keep these guys around. And I've said on my Twitter multiple times that everybody transfers for a reason, Mm -hmm. and that's just we're seeing the case, and we can assume the reason all we want, but uh, they're leaving for a reason. Yeah, one thing I want to make clear that both of us and hopefully all the Alabama family and fans we support these guys' decisions, and we hope the best for them, unless they are playing us, of course. But we want them to have a successful career and go to the NFL and be successful players there, also. After the, that's all I've got on the transfer portal. That's the only we haven't had anybody else in there since we've started the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, we can go ahead and move into our coaching ratings and what we expect to see next year and what we kind of want yeah, to happen. Yeah, so we'll start off with that. Um, I know we wrote a lot of stuff down, starting with. Yeah. Nick Saban, obviously. Nick Saban was the main main guy here. Obviously, head man on campus, the the best of the best. And let's let's our grade for him might not be what some people expect, but both of us we kind of agreed it was about a B plus this year. You know, and for me personally, I don't know about you, I think he could have been much better. And I think my the reason my grade was a little bit lower than what could be expected is because we didn't make the adjustments when needed, and he let a couple of play calls and players and whatnot happened that 100% should have happened and I don't think would have happened in the past. That being said, I still think he's the best coach in the nation and the best coach of all time. Yeah, well, we all Nick Saban is the best coach of all time, but I think it's always been known that he needs good assistants and good coordinators to help him out because he's more of an organizational guy than an on-field coach for the most part, and when he has lackluster – assistance it really kind of hurts the program a little bit um what i would blame on nick saban is the lack of discipline mm-hmm. um and some play calls that go through his headset that was allowed to go onto the field and um we're not going to give him an f or anything like that no. we're not, I mean, he was not it wasn't that bad no. at, at all i mean if you look at it we had a lot of the 
players that played probably don't play on other teams. Mm-hmm. So I think it was actually kind of a decent job from Nick Saban so far this year. Um, we'll see what, how he handles the bowl games and how he's going to handle the opt-outs and stuff like that. Um, and I, so, I, so I'll, I'll go with a B-plus for him. Yeah, I think if you look at it, we were still one spot away from being in national title contention. I mean, we were number five out of four teams – or five out of four teams needed to make the – Final Four, so I mean, it obviously isn't the type of year we were wanting or expecting for what he said was arguably his best team ever, but I mean, it was still a really good year, and we expect Saban to be here until, I expect him to be here until he wins another natty, and then I could see him possibly stepping down then. Next guy, I don't think he's going to be stepping down anytime soon, I think he's going to get released, and that's offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien. Yeah, you know, we don't really, I guess, quote unquote, fire guys, we want to push him out and try to get him other jobs. Um we have come to a consensus, just like the rest of the Alabama fan base has, that Bill O'Brien will not return as the offensive coordinator. Um, what grade did we give him? We gave him a D. Yeah, we gave him a D. Which um, is very generous. It was generous. We we teetered on the line of an F. Um, I think that there were times this year where Bill O'Brien kind of had decent series of play calls. You go back to the Auburn game, we, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple other games where – it wasn't bad at all. The Tennessee game was pretty good. I mean, mm-hmm. the offense clicked. We kind of ran what we needed to run sometimes. Um, but that's all the good that I can say about him. Um, yeah, for, for the majority of it, it was a lot of yeah, bad. Yeah, the majority of it was a lot of bad. We've talked about how we did this drop-back passing system because apparently that's what Bryce liked. It doesn't matter what Bryce likes. Mm-hmm. Bryce is good in any system mm-hmm. because he's a good player. Yep. Like we've talked about it a million times. We don't exist to win game, or we don't exist – to make Bryce Young a better NFL quarterback, we exist to win games because Bryce Young is an NFL quarterback. So I think that uh, Bill O'Brien is obviously going to sh- shift on out of here and, and for good reason. Yeah, with that being said, what coordinator do you want to come in and what coordinator do you have expectations for us to reach out to and try to bring in on the offensive side? It's hard to, to speculate on that just because we know how Nick Saban works and he's going to want to vet all of this and get recommendations and, and mm-hmm all this type of stuff. Um, as a fan perspective, we'd all want Garrett Riley from TCU. Yeah. Uh, I think is we'd all want Garrett Riley from TCU. and But I don't know the, the possibility of that. I think um, there may be a chance he, he gets a head coaching job somewhere. I mean, he just won the Broyles Award for the best offensive or the best assistant coach in all of college football. So I, I think that um, we'd all want that, but I don't know how realistic that is. Um, another name, Cliff Kingsbury in the NFL. Um, looks like He's going to be pushed out of Arizona. I think that that would be a good option as well. We've we've been known to take these NFL uh, bounce backs and, and remold them into mm-hmm. coach and uh, take them in and, and let them be a coordinator. So I think that Cliff Kingsbury wouldn't be a bad option right there. Uh, Warren Ruggiero at Wake Forest may not be a bad option either. But A.J. Milwee at Texas is another name that I came up with. Uh, he worked at Alabama for a little bit. Uh, he was he's the quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator at Texas right now. We know that's kind of Sarkeesian's baby, <laughs> but uh, he's another name that I could see us reaching out to just because there is an Alabama connection. Yeah, I think myself, yourself, and everyone listening would 100 percent take all of those guys in a heartbeat over Bill O'Brien, and hopefully that if they're available, we'll reach out to them and get them in. My one request for offensive coordinator uh, next year is. That it's in the, that it's younger. Yeah. Um, I don't want to go with an older mind because I think that that's what gets stale. Mm-hmm. In college football, the 
innovation wins. Yeah. The the new creativity is what wins, and that's what's being successful everywhere, really around the country. Besides, I guess Georgia, um, but they're still they're doing new stuff too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may not look new because the players they have are kind of old school football players, but they're doing new stuff too, to where they're getting. Uh, their players on the edge and, and doing RPOs and stuff like that. That's just my one request is that we put our guys in the best position for success. I mean, we have guys that can fly and, and bond and Prentice and all this, and we want to run them five-yard hitch routes. Mm-hmm. And that's just really not going to work in college football nowadays, and we've seen it for the last couple of years. Um, so I think that Bill O'Brien is probably maybe the worst coach we've had on staff. And uh, so we'll, we'll go with a D right there. Moving on to our other main coordinator, Pete Golding. We, he had his ups and he had his downs this year, and I think overall we went with the C for him because for the majority he was good, but there are a lot more moments of bad than we really were anticipating and expecting to see this year. Yeah, we've talked a lot about Pete Golding on this podcast, and I've always maintained that I think Pete Golding is a terrific defensive mind. I think that uh, obviously Nick Saban thinks he's a terrific defensive mind, but – Sometimes I think he might overthink himself. He might yeah. outsmart himself just a little bit. I think that the lack of adjustments is probably the reason for the C. Um, going 100%. back, going back to last year, the adjustments really weren't an issue at all. Um, even in the beginning of the season, we really made adjustments. It just came, I guess, towards the end of the season. It all came crashing down to where maybe starting with the Tennessee game, where we just stopped making adjustments that were needed to made to win the game. I mean. And the lack of using the quarterback spy on Jaden Daniels and Robbie Ashford really, really just aggravated a whole new dragon right there, I guess. <laughs> but, like, he, I, we've maintained that he's a great defensive mind, but at some point you have to say that maybe it's just not working. Yeah, um, I, I think you covered that one completely. Like, if it wasn't for the lack of adjustments this year, I, I think everyone would be like, okay, sign Pete, bring him back, because he is a great defensive mind. But the issue is he's not coaching with that great defensive mind because with how smart he – I think I, you've met him a couple of times. I've met him a couple of times. He's a genius when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, and it's just he's not using that mind. Yeah, we've both actually had football conversations with Pete Golding, and like just the way that he speaks is like, wow. It's crazy. Yeah, it's the, we've been around football guys for a, a really long time, and hearing him speak is just crazy just because – how the stuff that he knows just and he spews it off the top of his head like mm-hmm. it's just regular conversation to him where as other people would have to think about it but we could have a whole different conversation as Pete the inside linebacker coach and Pete yeah. the defensive coordinator I think he's a way worse inside linebacker coach than he is a defensive coordinator he's actually a defensive back kind of guy mm-hmm. um, but Saban ain't allowing that. yeah we want <laughs> we want our Saban wants our defensive coordinator to be with the inside linebackers for obvious reasons mm-hmm. they're the communicative guys they have and. Pete Golding is going to communicate to them. I think that um, if he were to move from inside linebackers to to safeties, which is what he normally coaches, I think that we could see a completely different Pete Golding and have a completely different outlook on him because really defense starts and ends with the guys in the middle, and the guys in the middle have not been as good as they have been in the years past. 100%. That being said, we do expect him to possibly and probably – move on from this position and I know we've talked about Pruitt everyone th- loves Pruitt wants him to come back us included we would really love for Pruitt to come back we still don't know what reparations he's going to get from the SEC for what happened at Tennessee if it's nothing too serious do you see him coming back and if not what are some guys who are some guys you expect right so if the if the 
punishment falls on the University of Tennessee and not Jeremy Pruitt, I would expect him to be the the guy that we call to come back. Um, but we don't know how that's going to work out. So if it does, then Jeremy Pruitt will likely be the defensive coordinator. But other guys that I think would be great options would be Glenn Schumann at Georgia. He is the co-defensive coordinator right now, Alabama graduate. Mm-hmm. Another guy we linked back with A.J. Milwee to being an Alabama guy working in the system. Glenn Schumann did the exact same thing. Um, Will Muschamp has worked has said he'll never work for Saban again, <laughs> but he would be a great call again. And they mm-hmm. both are on staff for Georgia. Georgia's going to have to make a decision. One of them's going to leave. Yeah. And then I guess going out of the SEC, Jim Leonard at Wisconsin is a guy that I really, really like. Um, he runs a very similar defense to Nick Saban. So I think that when he slides into Alabama, he'll very he'll adjust very well because I think I mean, we all know that it's Saban's defense no matter who the guy is calling the plays. Mm-hmm. It's just what plays they call at what times. The defense yeah. is never going to change. Um so I think those are really, really good options. And Morgan Scali at Utah would be really good, but he's never even left the state of – you can actually look this up. <laughs> he's never left the state of Utah. He never left the city of Salt Lake City. So I don't think he'll actually be a, a option at defensive coordinator, but he would be great. He's a great mind right there. Um, and that's the thing, talking about defensive coordinator, is who's, who's an actual upgrade? Right. Because if you look at the numbers over the last five years, we probably have a top three or four defense in the country on average. So I think that who is the upgrade? It's just not working right now. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because realistically, there is probably a 75% chance Pete's back next year just because there might not be an upgrade from Pete that becomes available. And why release a guy when we don't have a 100% guarantee that we're able to bring someone better in? Right, that's what we're kind of saying here is we aren't petitioning for Pete to stay 100%. We would be completely fine if Pete walks if we can get an upgrade, but can we get the upgrade? I'll tell you one position we can get an upgrade at is our wide receiver coach, your favorite coach on staff, Holman Wiggins. We gave him a D minus, and by God, we should have gone F now that I'm rethinking of it. But we did stick with D minus. We expect him to leave after this year, and I'll let you tell us why. If I could have given him an F minus, I would have. <laughs> I think he, I said earlier that Bill O'Brien's the worst coach on our staff. I messed up. It's Holman Wiggins. He is the absolute worst football coach we have on our staff. I've said it before. He has cost us two national championships now. <laughs> Two national championships now going back to last year and this year. If we had any competent wide receiver in the Georgia National Championship game last year outside of our elite talent in Jamison Williams and John Mechie, who was hurt earlier, we win that game going away. Same thing this year. If we have anybody that can play wide receiver, we don't lose a single game this year. Ja'Cory Brooks, I think, could be a great receiver. Mm -hmm. The inconsistencies are the issue for me. Um, We've gone two years in a row – Having to bring in a transfer wide receiver from another school that has played in there that has played a little bit, and that's not good. No, and I think that is bad evaluating. It's bad developing. It's everything. So that's another thing that's just not working. And he's if you look on twenty, we looked at the recruiter rankings, and he's high. He's I think he's number five or six in the country. He's bringing in guys that are on ninety two average, which is you can go look at it. Where the, our other guys are getting 95s. He's yeah. bringing in 92s. So it's either bad evaluating or bad developing, which I think it's a little bit of both. So I think that it's just not working with him. And I don't know who a clear upgrade would be, but if you go back to look at his time at Memphis and his time at Virginia Tech, he never had an elite receiver there either. So right. I don't get what the obsession with him is. I think that people are starting to come around and realize that he's kind of been the demise of our offense over the last couple of years, him and Bill O'Brien and – kind of just a combination of them both he should he owes every single bit of 
money from a check he ever gets to, to Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, and Henry Ruggs. <laughs> Every bit of money he ever gets, he should give them that money because no. that's the only reason people think highly of him. I, I, I'm i out of words on him. He, I've gone. You can click on our last five episodes and hear my rant <laughs> on Holman Wiggins. He's the worst football coach we have. Yeah, I think he's a big part of the reason why Bill O'Brien's grade was so low also because if you look at the games and just watch the games, don't listen, just watch. How many times were our receivers having good routes, making good hard cuts, and getting open? Not very often, but when they did, there was a 50-50 chance to either catch the ball or drop it, and that's 100% on the receivings coach. And With this, with position coaches, we really don't have any ideas or options of who we could bring in because it could be anybody. I mean, we could bring in Julio. We could bring in Terrell Owens. You could bring in some person we never heard of. It really doesn't matter there. You need someone who's either going to be a really daggone good recruiter or someone who's a really good developer because if not, you're going to get this situation where they're just not good. And we've talked about, like, I think the, the offense has been a combination of our route concepts, which Bill O'Brien draws up as his, his offense, and the development of receivers. Dropping the ball isn't on Bill O'Brien, though. No. I guess it's not on Holman Wiggins either, but he he's the one to blame. He he's brought the, him in. He's the one that are breaking these guys in, and he's the one that's coaching them up with them every single day. I mean, they could go through a whole uh, a whole positional drill of just catching the ball. Yeah. Another thing is we can't block. We don't run crisp routes. None of that works. So it's just a combination of both. And, and there, I think some positions are should be recruiters, and some positions should be developers. Every position needs to be a developer, but the main focus for some of our positions should be recruiting, and I think um, receiver is one that you should really, really look at recruiting higher than you should development because if you're a good receiver, you're a good receiver. I mean, a mouse could have developed <laughs> Devontae Smith and Waddle and Judy and Ruggs in the first-round picks. Yeah. So that's not a hard thing to do. It's a lot harder when you bring in guys that aren't as talented as that, which we've done. So I think that um, Holman Wiggins obviously get out of here, man. Yeah, another coach that we have a lot to talk about because we have some very inf- interesting information on him is our defensive line coach and Freddie Roach. Um, we gave him a C-, which it's kind of fair for him because our defensive line play wasn't terrible this year, but it also isn't good and hasn't been what it's been in the past. We both expect him to either be gone, either that being taken on a new job somewhere or getting released. And I, I think it's a really good thing for us to do because I know I think you have the stats with you from this year and last year compared to our other years with our more dominated defensive line. And you showed me it, and I was mind-blown. It's really cr- crazy to see it. Yeah, Freddie Roach is a great recruiter to start this yeah. off. Um, and he's the guys he's bringing in are good players too. It's not like where Holman Wiggins is bringing guys in that are lower rated and, and they're not working out. The guys that Freddie Roach is bringing in are, are pretty good players, and he played at Alabama, so it's really hard to get rid of a guy like this. Maybe move him to inside linebacker's coach because he played linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to 2017, Minka Fitzpatrick had 14 quarterback pressures. Yep. This year alone, DJ Dale had 13 all <laughs> year long, and he rushes the passer just about. He rushes the passer every single time there's a pass play. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other things: the defensive line pressures game by game by game, and here's the year we average five. Point nine pressures a game on the defensive line. Mm. For reference, in 2016, 17, and 18, when he was not the coach, we were close to 10. So it's doubled. <laughs> it's doubled. It's doubled. Yeah. So, and I think that we all want to get mad at this viral LSU picture. We want to get mad at Pete for this viral LSU picture where we had Braswell, Turner, and Will Anderson on the defensive line with one down defensive lineman. I don't know how much that is out of scheme as it is of necessity. 
because nobody else was going to get to the quarterback yeah. at all. Yeah. So, and I mean, Byron Young had a terrific year. Since Roach has been here, we've had really one guy a year that's done really good, Barmore in 20, and I guess Fedarian Mathis last year and Byron yeah. Young this year. So one guy is making the jump, but the rest of them aren't, and that's been an issue for the last few years now. And um, that's a big reason why the defense as a whole has kind of slipped is we're not dominant in the trenches like we used to be. Um, another thing, we've, we talked about it last time on this podcast, that we all want to get mad at, at Will Anderson dropping into coverage. Will Anderson actually has the least amount of coverage drops this year from his position than anybody in the last seven years, and that includes Tim Williams, and Tim Williams, Ryan Anderson. Mm-hmm. Will Anderson actually dropped into coverage more last year than this year, <laughs> and the issue is that the defensive line is not getting to the quarterback to help out our outside linebackers in this type of coverage. Yeah, if you look at it, these last few years when he's been our defensive line coach, we've probably allowed more yards per game through the air than we have in the past. And a lot of that is because we're not putting pressure on the quarterback and forcing them to make these quick throws and getting rid of the ball and making these hard decisions when you have guys bull rushing you in your face. And that's something that we talked about a lot throughout our other podcasts is we're not getting pressure, and it's showing not only in the game film but in the stats also. Yeah, I actually think that I have a complete defensive pressure stat too. Um, Let me get to it. Yeah, in 2016 and 17 and 18 for reference, we averaged – we got a pressure rate of 24%. This year it was 18. So there's a there's a big difference right there. It doesn't sound it's a six percent difference. That's a huge. very big difference. Very big difference. But those are the main coaches that we have a big talking point on. These other guys, we will have some talking points on them, and we'll start out with our special teams coordinator, special teams and outside linebackers coach and Coleman Hutzler. Um, for special teams specifically, we gave him a C because although we did have some very good moments on special teams, there were also some bad ones. And then for outside linebackers, we thought he did really well and got a B-plus there. Yeah, I think he's a fine outside linebackers coach. I expect him to stay, um, and I hope he stays with the outside linebackers. Special teams, usually don't see outside linebackers and special teams paired up. It's usually special teams and tight ends. So I think that finding another special teams coordinator would be be a benefit for Alabama. Um, And it's not so much as – I mean, we had great punt returns all year long. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of mental lapses on special teams, whether that would be – Touching the ball in the Tennessee game. Personnel issues. Personnel issues, getting the right guys on the field. Um, we had a lot of issues with that, and it was kind of just a big confusion all year long. So that's where we're coming from with the special teams grade. Yeah, outside linebacker grade, a lot of that is due to our great players, the outside linebacker and Dallas Turner, Broswell, and Will Anderson. But it was also putting these guys in position and developing them. I mean, Everyone knew Will Anderson was going to be a stud coming out of high school. Same with Dallas Turner, but still the ability to get them and help them grow even more as a player to where they will help the team and be as good as they are is, is really saying something about him there. Yeah, so we'll see We'll see what that goes on, how that works in the future too because Sal Sinceri uh, has been the outside linebackers coach for the last couple of years, not this year though. Um, so I th- And he's still on staff, mm-hmm. special assistant in Nick Saban. I'm sure he still has a hand in the outside linebacker room as well. He has to. Moving into a, another guy who we thought had a really good year, um, our running back coach, Robert Gillespie. We gave him a B this year. We expect him to continue to work with our running backs and continue making them really good backs moving on into the NFL also. Yeah, he's been here a couple of years. He also recruits really, really good. Um, we got two stud running backs coming in that he's recruited hard. I think that he had a, had a good year. I think that um, the way that we wanted to run with the guys that we had running the ball – may not have been the the right the scheme that we should have been in 
But uh, we had great yards per carry all year long, and everybody did their job. They all blocked well. So yeah. I think that Robert Gillespie, not a, not a big talking point on him at all, but he, I think he did a good job. Yep. And our last coach that we had that we expect to leave, we have a few more coaches to cover, but we expect this guy to, to be gone after this year, was our safeties coach, Charles Kelly. We gave him a C- minus just because our safety play has gone down these last few years, and that's on him in my opinion. I, I don't know if he's not developing these guys or what, but they just – when you compare them to our former safeties that we've had, it's just not the same level. Yeah, I mean, he's probably going to take a job elsewhere. I think that if he wasn't going to take a job elsewhere, he would probably come back. But, I mean, I think I'm sure everybody's seen the rumor of him going to Colorado with mm-hmm. Dion to be the defensive coordinator. Don't know how true that is. If it is, then more power to him. It's not going to hurt us. It's not going to It's not going to do anything. Uh, safety development hasn't been as great as it has been in years past, as Ethan just mentioned. Um, the, I mean – we all expected Jordan Battle to be a great a stud this yeah. year, and I mean, what did he? He didn't really, I don't. He didn't do that much. Somehow he made SEC All First Team. <laughs> I mean, congratulations to him. Yeah, but I don't. He didn't do a whole whole lot. It seems like he regressed every single year he was here. We, I mean, I remember when he was a freshman that Saban was talking about him like he was Minka Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. and year two, three, and four he got worse every single year. And Demarco Helms started out great, and then. It just kind of fell off, and mm-hmm. I mean, I guess teams started realizing how to beat him, yeah. and we couldn't adjust to make him a better player. And I, so I think that safety development has been bad. And since Xavier McKinney, in, I guess 2019, we haven't had a really great safety. Yeah, one thing that I just popped in my head at looking at this right now: if he does go to Colorado with Dion, what are the chances we move Golden to our safeties coach, where he would thrive? We move keep Freddie Roach, move him to our inside linebackers, and then bring in a new defensive line coach. Put these guys in the strengths of their coaching game plans and whatnot, and then bring in someone. Yeah, new I, I think line. that would be really smart, but I don't know how. Realistic. I don't know how realistic that yeah. would happen because I mean you don't really see positional shifts like that right. a whole lot. But I mean, hey, Kirby Smart and Jeremy Pruitt both ended up coaching the inside linebackers while they were. Um, Defensive coordinators here, mm-hmm. they started out as safeties coaches because yep. that's what they were. So I don't know if Pete would ever move back to safety. Yeah. Um, the guy that we were kind of tossing him and another guy's name for our coach of the year this year, Traveris Robinson, our cornerback coach, I thought he did a great job this year. We gave him A-. minus. Um, we really didn't have any overwhelmingly bad plays as our corners this year. Yeah, I thought the corner development was really good. Look at Kool-Aid McKinstry. Um, kind of an emergency thing with Terry and Arnold, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all expected Eli Ricks to be the guy, and his injuries kind of um, didn't let that happen. Right. So I think that T-Rob did a really, really good job. I hope he stays. I'm sure a lot of schools are going to gun after him. Also a terrific recruiter. Yeah. So I hope I hope we retain T-Rob. Um I'm sure a lot of schools are going to offer him, though. But he's in the conversation for Rod with the Tide Coach of the Year. He did not win it, though. <laughs> no, but this guy here did, our offensive line coach, Eric Wolford, A on the year. We thought he did an outstanding job with, with what he had in the development of some of these younger guys and newer guys. It was just outstanding to me. I mean, a lot of people talked poorly of our offensive line, saying we didn't block very well, whether it was in the pass game or the run game. But I think a lot of that goes to our receivers and our offensive coordinating play calls because a lot of the time when we had the pressure on Bryce or there was a sack or whatnot, it was four to five seconds after the ball was snapped, which in most cases the ball is out by that time. So I think he did an outstanding job. I remember seeing something that Bryce got sacked like 30 to 40 times last year. It was a huge number, most ever uh-huh. I was an Alabama quarterback. And this year through like 10 games or 11 games, it was before the Auburn game when I saw this, so it may not be completely accurate now. But he was only sacked like nine times. Yeah. So 
the, the development of our offensive line this year was a complete difference. I mean, we played way better on the offensive line. Run blocking maybe wasn't as great as pass pro. I think a lot of that was scheme, though, personally. So you had Ethan's take on it right there. I think I agree with that. I think that um, we weren't put in the position to um, block well, block as well on the run as we were in the past, and we also didn't have the personnel right to, to block as well block as well as we did in the in the block as well for the run as we did for the past. Yeah. So I think that Coach Wolford um, will continue to do a really good job here. So he is the ride with tide assistant coach of the year. Yeah, he outstanding job for him. Give him a round of applause here. Um, and our final coach, tight end coach Joe Cox, we gave him a B. I thought he did a pretty well job for, for what he had, you know. Yeah, the tight end room wasn't really spectacular. I mean, Latu was banged up all year. He had a freshman in Nye Black um, and who really isn't physically ready to play. Mm-hmm. And Oots, who is really more of an H-back, who kind of turned into a better tight end towards mm-hmm. the end of the Towards the end of the year, there's a rumor out there that he actually did call plays in the Iron Bowl. <laughs> not even, not even joking. Yeah. There is that rumor. So if yeah. he did, then kudos to him. Yeah, that would be great. Maybe he should be the guy on the short list. <laughs> but I think that Joe Cox did a really good job too. Yeah, um, that's all the coaches we had. We can go ahead and move into questions. We had a lot of them, like we said earlier, a lot of good ones also. So thank you guys. Keep sending them in. We we love them to death. Um, this first question, there's a couple of them that were all very similar, so I bunched them together. From Cole Edgeworth, one, what are the chances both O'Brien and Golden will return? From Life Askey, 13, when is Sabin letting, Sabin letting O'Brien go? And from Crimson Tide Pictures, is Coach Sabin extending O'Brien's contract another season? I would be very shocked if he extended Bill O'Brien's contract. I think that he will be gone after the bowl game, yeah. I think. Uh, maybe even after signing day. I don't really think he's recruiting anybody hard. Um, but usually we typically see our assistants that are going to take other jobs or are basically fired. Mm-hmm. Is what that if they're if they're gone after signing day, they're they're basically got fired. Yep. Uh, so I think that'll be after signing day or before it's going to be after the bowl game, I think. And uh, I don't think that both of them will return. Pete might. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think it's a 50-50 on if Golding returns. I don't think O'Brien's coming back. Um like you said, it could be either after the bowl game or after recruiting um, signing day for O'Brien. And there's, I think there's no shot he gets a new contract extension. From Jay Clear, who will start at guard next to Booker? And I'm assuming it's probably going to be for next year. And then his other question was, does Harrell or Burton stay? Um, I don't think Harrell or Burton stays. Uh, I don't think Harrell can stay, actually. Um, he's a fifth-year senior, and he's played in five games, so the red shirt rules up. Um Burton, I think he's kind of on the edge, but I think his plan was to come here and play one year. Mm-hmm. So I think that he's going to go. Um, I think he'll play in the bowl game and should play in the bowl game. And your question about who's going to play guard beside Booker next year, uh, there's a number of guys that could get the opportunity. My vote would be for – my early vote would say that Terrence Ferguson. Yeah. Probably he's in year three in the pro- – or will be in year three in the program. Uh, I think that he'll be the guy that plays guard. Yeah, I, I think you covered that one completely. I agree with that. I think Ferguson's a really good kid and could be a good player for us. He's a really he's physical a mauler guy. in the run game. Yeah, I think I think he kind of reminds me of like a Deontay Brown type guy where he's a solid pass cover, pass protector guy, but his run run blocking game is out of this world. And having him and Booker at guard next year with McLaughlin probably at center blocking for that run, that's going to be a scary scary interior line right there. From Kijani. What position do you most want to see us address through the portal? Name a player you're excited to see during the Sugar Bowl. And then this offseason, do you think we need to go back to our roots or just reinvent ourselves entirely? Um, all right, I'm going to start with the last question because that's what I remember. <laughs> um, 
I don't think we're going to reinvent ourselves entirely, and I don't think we need to reinvent ourselves entirely. I think that, I mean, Saban's old, so I don't think that he's going to has the energy to reinvent the wheel, really. Yeah. I mean, what he's done has always worked. I just think he needs a few more uh, fresh faces in the program, some new assistants with some new ideas. Um, and I think that it's really just going to be getting back to the Alabama standard and playing mean and tough. So I don't think we're going to have to reinvent anything at all. Um, player that I'm really excited to see in the Sugar Bowl, me personally, is uh, is Isaiah Bond. I think that he's going to get more of a role in the Sugar Bowl now uh-huh. that JoJo Earl has gone completely. I think that um, just finding ways to get him the ball in space and let him use what his best tool is and his, his speed yeah. um, will be really beneficial for our offense, and hopefully that's something we continue to see going forward. And then the transfer portal one? Um, offensive line is a depth issue right now. I think that we're going to attack that in the portal. Um, obviously, um, tight end might be a position we address in the portal, whether that be uh, Jaheim Bell at South Carolina or Jack Beck, at that one that just came from LSU that entered the portal. I think those would be guys that are um, would look after um, in the portal. Yeah, I think, like you said, with the portal, we really need to focus on offensive line right now. If you can bring in some guys with experience, that will be very beneficial to our offensive line. Um, guys to look forward to in the Sugar Bowl, I think Isaiah Bond's a very good one. I think the young receivers will be very interesting to see those guys because they're fighting for a spot next year. And I think it'll be interesting. I know he said we couldn't say Ty Simpson, which that would also be a very fun one to watch, but we can't really say him. And then getting back to our roots or reinventing ourselves, I don't think we need to do that either. I think we have what we need in place to be successful. We've just got to get the right players and staff in here to help boost that what we already have. Yeah, here's my take on the transfer portal. Um, me personally, I would like us to stay away from it as much as we possibly can unless it's a guy that has multiple years of eligibility. I think if we bring in a rental guy, a one-year guy, it kind of hurts the development of younger guys. Um, and I think that it's kind of what Alabama has been built on for so many years in this dynasty is the development of younger guys. And I think bringing in the rentals kind of hurts that. So I would like to stay away from that personally. Obviously, if we could get Drake May, I would love to get Drake May. Mm-hmm. So there's some aspects to where I would love us to get that. But if we're going to bring in a uh, a senior receiver with one year, I would try to stay away from that. Yeah, use what you got. From Team Bama, do you see another Drew Sanders situation happening this year? And how would you feel about Bill O'Brien to the Patriots for Mac? Uh, as long as Bill O'Brien's out of here, that would be terrific. <laughs> um, I think that we probably won't see uh, Drew Sanders type situation. I mean, obviously JoJo Earl is an impact player that transferred. Javion Cohen's an impact player that transferred. So they're probably going to, excuse me, they're probably going to go somewhere and have some success. Um, but I don't know if we're going to see something to the level of Drew Sanders to where he's a first team All SEC guy and. Um, potential first-round pick in the draft. Right. I mean, I don't, I'm sure everybody's seen the rumor that Miami offered Dallas Turner a million dollars in NIL money to come play there. Crazy. Um, if that happened, then I guess that's your Drew Sanders situation. Yeah. But I don't think that's. I don't think he'll leave. Yeah, I, I think like you said, JoJo and Cohen are both really good players, and I expect to see them have a very good future, whichever team they go to next year. But Drew Sanders is kind of like a once-in-a-lifetime type player that goes into the portal and has the type of success he had at Arkansas, so I don't think that'll yeah. happen. Just sit there and think real quick to yourself. I mean, you know all you know everybody that's transferred from Alabama. I mean, who's really had a ton of success besides Drew Sanders? Yeah. Alvin Kamara, that's another one, but I mean yeah. he wasn't great at Alabama. No. He he wasn't a potential starter for us. They were three or four other guys ahead of him on the depth chart at that time. 
Um, from Elizabeth Atkinson Six, who are you? Are you just a fan? Well, I am your host Austin Randolph <laughs> here with my co-host Ethan Haynes, mm-hmm. and um, we are the host of your favorite Alabama podcast. So thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, Alice. Um, this one's another kind of bunched one from Basson Twenty Four. Who are realistic offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators for us? And from Caden Hollis, who would you think be the best fit at our, those coordinator positions? Yeah, we kind of touched on it earlier. Um, I think the best fit for our offense would be Garrett Riley. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen because just the way that Saban works. Yeah. Um, defensive coordinator-wise, who I think would be the best fit is Glenn Schumann. Um, I think we're going to retain Pete, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you covered that one completely. From Sharp Jet, I'm thinking he's talking about the bowl game coming up. If Bryce sits, or he could be talking about next year, not really sure. Um, Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson, and if not either of them, who else? It's going to depend on what the offensive coordinator we bring in does. Um, if he sees the potential for uh, explosive run offense, it's probably going to be Milrow. But if he sees the potential, which I see the potential in, in getting the ball out to our playmakers, then it should be Ty Simpson. Yeah. Um, if it's anybody, if, I don't really want to transfer quarterback unless it's Drake May. Yeah. That's my take on it. Um, I've seen all these quarterbacks like Slovis and JT Daniels and Spencer Sanders enter the portal. That's year in the portal. Yeah, like I, I am the only quarterback that I would want out of the portal is Drake May. So I, my vote would be for Ty Simpson. Yeah, mine's with Ty Simpson also. I like Milrow. I like what he brings for an offense. But until he proves that he's a good throwing quarterback also, I just don't see how he's going to be beneficial for us in a pass-heavy offense. And I think Ty Simpson's the guy that could be there for us. Like you said, we'd love to have Drake May. Do I think he's going to end the portal? Probably not. I think he's a North Carolina kid, true and true. I think he's going to stay there. But if he does enter the portal and wants to come to Alabama, I think he'd be a good fit for us here. Um, from Weston, Weston Laney, do you believe the coaching staff is actively trying to recruit any players back out of the portal? No, I do not think so. Um, we talked about how it's kind of a mutual departure with Javion Cohen, and JoJo Earl and all the other guys that have left has been a mutual departure. So I don't think they're going to try to pull them back at all. But I mean, you never know nowadays with how NIL works. I talked about Dallas Turner a few minutes ago. If that's true, then I'm sure we're trying to recruit him back currently. Um, you never know what's going on behind the scenes with NIL. So I'm sure that if um, that was the case, if that is the case with Dallas Turner, we're obviously trying to get him back. Yeah, I think the guys that have entered the portal already or are going to enter the portal, I think there's a reason they're entering it. I don't think if, if Coach Saban wanted these guys to stay, I feel like he has the ability and the power to get them to stay. So these guys that are, are already are entering, I think it's they're they're kind of it's a mutual thing, like you said. I think that's the best way to put yeah, it. Yeah, I don't I don't think we're gonna have guy we're not we're not done with guys entering the transfer portal. No. Maybe for a little bit. Um so guys can play in the bowl game, see where they stand. If they don't play in the bowl game, they'll probably enter after that. Yeah. Uh, from Grumpy Gump, another question we kind of already had similar to this one. With players leaving through the portal, who are some guys we could see more of in the depth chart this upcoming game? Uh, I mean, look at younger receivers like Bond and Prentice. These guys who kind of haven't had a huge role in the offense are going to get a, a lot bigger role in the offense. Uh, I would imagine that Kendall Randolph is probably going to play on the offensive line over the younger guys. I would like to see the younger guys but you never know how that's going to go. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to see a rotation of a lot of guys in the bowl game. Yeah, I think the positions to really look out for if you're wanting to see this is, like you said, wide receiver and offensive line. I think offensive line is where we have the most quote-unquote issue at depth right now. So we could see a lot of new fresh faces in there. And Wide receiver, we've seen a lot of these guys throughout the years, but I do expect them to sort of take on a little bit of a bigger role. Um, from Alabama all the time, 
What do you feel we as fans should want more? First rounders like Bryson Will to sit out the bowl games or watch them play one last time in a crimson helmet? I, I would love to see Bryson Will play one more time in a crimson helmet. I mean, I think it works both ways because obviously we want to see them, but the way I'm looking at this bowl game is it's kind of a trailer for next year's season. Um, as much as I would like to see Bryson Will play, I would rather see what we have going into next year yeah. um, and kind of worry about what we have to get done for next year. So if it's rather Ty Simpson and Jalen Milrow playing and them struggling, knowing they got to get better for us to be really, really good. So I think you can look at it both ways. Yeah, not only that, I agree completely. It's really nice to get to see them one more time. I'd love to see those guys again because they're two of our favorite players to ever wear the crimson uniform. But I also I don't want them to play and get hurt because that would just be terrible. It's terrible to see anyone get hurt, but to see guys who are – First, second, third round, th- third overall picks in the NFL draft getting hurt to try to perform for their guys one more time. I would hate for that to happen. Like you said, it was also it also be nice to see these new fresh faces um, playing for us. And then another one from him is it could possibly for, be for another time. But do you think Bryce will be the number one pick of QBs, or do you think the experts start their evaluations and find all the negatives like size and arm strength and other things? I would take him number one. I think he's the best player, but who knows what. Um the NFL executives are going to do. Yeah, I think the NFL executives, for some reason, they love Will Levis. I think he's a great quarterback, has a great arm and whatnot, but Bryce is the most fundamentally sound quarterback in the draft. He just does everything positively and does it very well. I just, I just don't see how they wouldn't take him with the first pick. I got one more question here okay. um, from Chad Loberg. Thank you. This is a really good one. Um, st- stick with me while I'm reading this. He par- kind of paraphrased to lead into it. Um he said he was curious on if we had any thoughts on the strength and conditioning staff with David Ballou. Um, it was clear that Scott Cochran's training philosophy was outdated and led to a lot of injuries, especially towards the end of his tenure. It's also been documented that he wanted to move to an on-field role, and Saban was not buying that. He didn't want that to happen with Scott Cochran. That's why he went to Georgia. He's a special teams coach over there. Yep. Um, injuries are down now with the extra scientific data approach that Ballou has. Um but he doesn't really bring the energy on the sideline that Scott Cochran brought, um, and it didn't it didn't happen when Matt Ray was here either. Um, is that something that we miss? The the physicality that teams were kind of fearful of us going into the fourth quarter, the energy that our team had going into the fourth quarter, um, and just miss the energy that Scott Cochran brought. Um, we talked. He talks about injuries a little bit. I I agree that Scott Cochran's outdated philosophy may have caused a few injuries, but playing football creates injuries too. Yeah, it happens I mean, all the time. It's injuries, the yeah. You t- tearing an ACL is going to happen whether you have a science guy or a mm-hmm. guy that wants to squat 800 pounds. Like <laughs> one or, one way or the other, your ACL can snap if you make a, a bad cut. Yeah. So I think I I do think a little bit of the scientific approach is lessening the injuries, um, but I don't think they're gonna we're gonna see any changes with the strength and conditioning staff. We've talked about it earlier that I do think we miss the energy that Scott Cochran brought. I mean, we still do the fourth quarter program. Alabama's always done that. A lot of other schools do that too now. Alabama started it. But I, I think that the energy is missing a little bit, like on the sideline. I mean, we've noticed it throughout the year. Like, we don't have the, yeah, 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 all that stuff. We, don't, we, don't, we miss that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying it has to be bring Scott Cochran back, but it could be anybody on the staff just bring a little bit of life. Yeah, one thing about the energy thing, I think Scott Cochran was a big portion of that. He brought a lot of energy. You could see him jumping on the sideline the whole game. He brought a lot of that, but a lot of that also came from within the players and the, the team. That We just don't have that anymore. We don't have the physical 
get-in-your-face leaders, these guys who will take a punch for you and will jump right back in and have your back. We don't have the Ardarius Stewarts, the Tony Browns, the Bo Scarboroughs, Ryan Anderson. I mean, I could name a 100 players that could be part of that. We just don't have that anymore. And whether that was from them being with Scott Cochran all the time or whatnot, I don't know. But it feels like it came more from within the team and the players. And I just I haven't seen that these last few years. I get where you're coming from right there. I, but I always thought that, like, you can't have a high-energy team with a low-energy coach. Mm-hmm. So I think that, yeah, the players were definitely part of it. The hunger was there. But how much of that was created with a, a drive in the weight room? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, the only person that has the answers to that is Nick Saban. Yeah. Um, I, like we said, I don't think we're going to make any changes to the strength and conditioning staff. No. I, physically, we've never we, – we haven't dropped off at all. We've probably gotten a little bit more athletic. Yeah. Um, but I do think we are missing that mean streak and that toughness and just playing with that edge that I think that Scott Cochran's energy brought to a sideline. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I think another, another thing how you said where you can't play out with high energy with a low-energy coach – Tell me how many times you saw Pete Golden this year getting up and getting hype and getting in people's faces on the sideline. Obviously, O'Brien was in the press box, so you didn't do that. But if you watch watch the games, I know you were at most of the games, so you couldn't really see, but watching the games on TV, they would show the sideline some, and there weren't any coaches getting hyped yes. or anything of like that. And it's, it's disappointing because how do you have arguably the best program in the nation over the past 20 years – and you're not excited for football. It's just I just don't understand that. Yeah, I mean, you make a good point right there. It goes beyond Scott Cochran. Yeah. Um, Kirby Smart and Pruitt, they would get up in the mm-hmm. players' faces and, and jump around with them. And, and Pete is just on the sideline. Yep. Just I mean, I'm sure he gets excited too, but he doesn't. It's not as animated as um, as Pruitt's and Kirby's was. Um, I, th- I think we do miss that. And I mean, even Len Kiffin throwing his clipboard and visor <laughs> up into the air. I mean, that was great. Like Sarkeesian yeah. clapping. What a bitch move for Bill O'Brien to be in the press box. He's get your ass on the field. He's scared. Whoever our, my request is, whoever our next offensive coordinator is, get on the damn field. Yeah, that's my request. Yeah, I mean, tell me this though: how many times do you think Bill O'Brien? You you look back and watch Saban and Kiffin, Saban dogging Lane Kiffin multiple times throughout the game. Kiffin was a man; and he took it. But how many times do you think Bill O'Brien would have done that? He wouldn't have taken that. No, he's I, soft. Yeah, I agree. I mean. Get him out of there. Yeah. yeah. That's that's how we're going to end this one. Get Bill O'Brien out and get Holman Wiggins out. Those got That's got to get done. <laughs> yeah. Um, that covers it. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed our um, coaching evaluation episode. Let us know what you guys think. Um, what you think about how these coaches have coached. If we were wrong, if we were right, let us know. Let us know what you think. Um, but in our DMs, not in the reviews. Because give us a review. Only give us a review Five if it's stars. good. Yeah. Five stars. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Make sure to uh, to follow us on social media and all that jazz. But until next time, guys, roll tide. Roll tide.